Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds podcast. Thank you for joining us again. I really appreciate it. And if this is your first time, let me introduce myself. I'm Nathan Wrigley and this is episode number 180 entitled WooCommerce versus Other Options. It was published on Thursday, the 21st of May, 2020. As I said, my name's Nathan Wrigley and this is WP Builds. We're a sort of WordPress specific network. We generally tend to talk about nothing apart from WordPress and today is no exception. If you'd like to know a little bit more about that, head over to wpbuilds.com. That's our website. And over on that website, there's just every single thing that we produce. A good way to keep in touch if you're interested is wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Over there, you'll be able to subscribe to our newsletter and find out about the content that we produce. That's a podcast every Thursday you're listening to it now and also a newsletter that we produce on a Monday it's an audio newsletter so you can listen to the weekly WordPress news that comes out every Monday but also we have a live version of that every Monday at 2 p.m. UK time in the Facebook group or on YouTube you can find us talking about WordPress notable WordPress guests and so on and so forth Over on that page, there's also a subscribe form to sign up to our deals newsletter. When we hear about a deal, we alert you right away. And options to subscribe on your podcast player. And I mentioned the Facebook group. You can join it over there. Two and a half thousand WordPressers, all being very polite. I really do like it. The other options would be wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. That's a searchable, filterable list of permanent deals that plugin developers and theme developers have offered to us. So go over there if you're in the market to buy something this week. You never know. You might find it and they never go away, which is the best thing. And another option would be wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise if you would like to have your product or service put in front of a WordPress specific audience. A bit like AB split test have done. Want to set up your A-B split test in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, really anything. The best part is that it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress Block Editor, aka Gutenberg. Check it out at absplittest.com. Okie dokie, let's get stuck into today's conversation. It's a debate between David and I. We're on to debate number six. We've got this sort of slightly more adversarial approach these days. So I'm joined and we're talking about WooCommerce and we've come up with the rather pithy title of WooCommerce versus other options. The idea being, you know, should you in any way, shape or form get involved with e-commerce? Is that something that really should be left to SaaS platforms? So example would be Shopify, perhaps even a different WordPress plugin. The fact is a lot of us make a substantial amount of our income from selling WooCommerce websites or e-commerce websites, but is it the best way of doing it? Do your customers get the best deal? Do you get the most peace of mind? Should you leave e-commerce altogether and just concentrate on different types of websites? It's all in today's debate and I hope that you enjoy it. Hello, today's debate. We are calling WooCommerce versus, well, anything else. And Nathan's going to take the anything else. And I'm going to argue for WooCommerce, which is actually not the easiest thing for me to do. Nathan, (laughs) where where do we start? (laughs) Okay, so I suppose this debate comes out of the fact that I largely, well, completely uh, recently assume I don't want anything to do with e-commerce whatsoever. I've been there in the past. I confess that I haven't actually deployed WooCommerce in anger. I've, you know, installed it a couple of times and tinkered with it, but really not got into it all that far. But years ago, spent quite a lot of time with Drupal Commerce and Magento and various other open source versions of e-commerce. And I just came to dislike doing e-commerce websites. And so my opening gambit is simply this, just don't do them. Don't get involved with building e-commerce websites. There are just so many things to go wrong. It's quite interesting, actually. I was on a Zoom call the other day with a whole bunch of people, and one of the people who is a WordPress guy was basically making the exact same point, that e-commerce is just a terrifying proposition. 
as far as I can see, it's basically the only website that you're ever going to deploy, the only type of website where the client has a 24-7 always-on requirement for it. Now, if you build a, a brochure website or if you build more or less any other kind of website, they're going to be a little bit accommodating should there be a tiny bit of downtime or should a little feature not quite work correctly. Whereas in an e-commerce website, anything that goes wrong could be completely catastrophic and there are requirements for it to be continually correct in terms of reconciling the database and making sure that the receipts are being emailed out and that the invoices are correct and that it's rounding up the the values of the transactions correctly the discounts are working the coupon codes are working so there's these myriad bits all hanging off each other hoping to work and trying to work and i just see that as just just something i don't want to get involved in so don't do e-commerce there you go I mean, you know, it's hard for me to argue that. So my background is that I was one of the first adopters of WooCommerce because I set up a little shop of our own. It was a side project and it was quite successful. And we used some of the um, WordPress theme that had some e-commerce on it. And it was a, it was terrible, really, because it didn't take care of the stock properly. So it caused us problems. And then WooCommerce came out and we swapped over to it. And it was fabulous for us because the problems did disappear. And we carried it on for another, say, four years, I think, with it perhaps more. And I like it. But once I started doing this as a job, um, I really quickly wanted to get out of doing it at all. And I sent people to the, the biggest rival, really, Shopify out there, because I think most people weren't ready for the responsibility that goes with an e-commerce shop and i also didn't want exactly the same things as what you're saying this worry of things going wrong and taking the responsibility so i've had to shift my position so my argument no 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 no, no. honestly stop there thanks for joining (laughs) us on this episode of the wp builds i think i've just nailed it (laughs) it's over it is and you know why i've got back into woocommerce and only just recently and i think it's a few things have changed so page builders have made it a lot easier to adapt the layout so that was always tricky because clients then wanted to have their vision of how their shop would look that's made it a lot easier to move around the dynamic stuff within woocommerce so that was an advantage and some better themes which had things that we need to get through various plugins. Uh, I think it's become a little bit more reliable over the years as well. I think particularly we're now into version four of WooCommerce, which is leading us into this new JavaScript. The REST API is there producing these reports in the back end. So I think we're onto something new. I think WooCommerce used to lack, and it still does, you know, this backwards compatibility. So you could make changes and then it would break leaving you to be forced to rely on the plugins to update for you yeah i know i'm not making a very good case but (laughs) let me let me get to why i think it's still worth it now i've adopted for my business more of an approach for training people to um diy a little bit more so help because when it comes to woocommerce they really do need to be hands-on with their sites so they do need training and I've shifted the model a little bit more towards the fact facilitating them to manage their own site. So I think WooCommerce is great because it still offers people like us an opportunity to get in clients on something which is the biggest growth area, I think, mm. for you know website demands and get in there but not take out take us out of the responsibility for it. Say so we will help you with your WooCommerce shop. Do you know what? I mean, all the yeah, I mean, clearly it's a stupid position that I just had in terms of don't build e-commerce websites. That works very well for me, and I am more than happy with it. And, and I honestly think that it will take some cataclysmic event for me to, to revisit <laughs> that. I really don't foresee doing e-commerce websites anytime soon. I am going to hand those over to uh to companies who do that and that's what they do which we'll get onto in a minute or i'm going to pass them on to people who i know so i am although it was kind of a spurious argument clearly there need to be e-commerce websites i as much as anybody enjoy shopping online and the benefits that it's brought to us uh, as a society are incredible and beguiling and wonderful but i'm staying away from them Mm. that being said um my Mm. i suppose my argument would be exactly what i just said that the 
I think if somebody were to approach me and say, I've got a budget, it's a reasonable budget, it's the kind of budget which is suitable for building a website, I honestly still think I'd be telling them to go and look at the SaaS platforms for a whole variety of reasons, largely because it's going to save them a ton of money. I mean, that's just a real win for them. That's really great. You know, they open their wallet and they begin at kind of $29 a month, which when you extrapolate Mm. it over the course of a year, 360 odd dollars for a a shop which will work i'm sure it doesn't have all the bells and whistles but it'll basically work and the the one thing that i think that 360 dollars will buy them which having something in woocommerce won't is peace of mind Uh, that that horrible feeling that the hosting (laughs) in some way on your wordpress website collapsed during the night something in the database got corrupted something got hacked got Mm. stolen the backup didn't work you know all of those things and whilst in a normal website all of that is fine i think in an e-commerce website all of that it can be cataclysmic so really i think the strongest argument that i've got for e-commerce on a SaaS platform and here i'm thinking about things like big commerce um and shopify Mm. they're really the the only two that i know anything about is just peace of mind you just get a hundred percent well, I don't know what their um, SLA is, but I'm sure it's very close to 100%. You know, just yeah. pay your money, upload your products, you're done. It'll just work. It'll be rock solid. Nothing to keep you awake at night. Yeah, and it's really hard to argue against that, apart from the fact that it leaves us kind of a bit stuffed. So if our, you know, more and more the brochure sites are being taken up by SaaS products, where is the where we can use our kind of skills, our um, you know our knowledge for client work? I mean, for me now, I'm thinking, I'm feeling I'm going to have to move much more towards dealing with e-commerce because the other work I'm I'm just fighting against the others, the Squarespaces and the Wix for the brochure sites. Mm. Uh, I might I might be able to put up a fight against, say, Shopify. And we were looking at the figures weren't we, before on this one, and, and it was a real shock because it really does come down to, if we're looking at the two popular ones, it's WooCommerce and Shopify. And I was so stunned because it wasn't too long ago when I last looked, and this was still in my head, that WooCommerce had, I think, 46% of the market share mm. with something like Shopify coming in somewhere like 7%. Well, over these last few years, it's increased. Its growth has been 120% each year on it. So it's now the case that it's, depending on what figures you're looking at, it's overtaken WooCommerce. So just to be clear, do you, do you have those figures? What what are the percentages of e-commerce stores that are running on either of those two platforms, roughly? Yeah, well, if we look at now trends, I've just got it up here uh, built with. If we look, well, Shopify is leading if we look at the entire internet on theirs, which is 22% of the market wow. with WooCommerce only coming in on 15% now. But if we go to the top 1 million, I think, yeah, uh, WooCommerce takes the lead here with 27%, Shopify dropping down to 21 And there's um, there's a lot of global differences so say the uk um it's much higher for woocommerce than is shopify if you take the us it's much higher for shopify than uh, woocommerce so there's those kind of differences as well do you know what's interesting about that data as well is if shopify is winning on the top thousand my assumption Mm. is that those top thousand websites have got very deep pockets they are you know they're they're rolling millions of dollars every single month possibly possibly more And so just from a longevity point of view, that speaks. And if the trend is toward WooCommerce, sorry, toward Shopify over time, that speaks to me as of a very profitable um, SaaS product, Shopify. And if if it's slowly moving towards uh, it and Shopify is growing over time, maybe the top 2,000 websites, the top 3,000, the top 4,000, you know, when you get to a million, it's it's pivoted. But I'm, I'm imagining that, you know, the, the large proportion of those 500,000, half of it are going to be, you know, small amounts of money, far less significant. Yeah. So that, that, yeah. that tells well, me about its future and its stability and the, the fact that, well, you know, you, you don't really want to get into a, a platform that you think there's a chance that this is going to be f- not around in a few years time. It really doesn't feel like that for Shopify at the minute. It feels like it's a dead solid bet. 
No, and we better clarify on that mm. one because actually I've just clicked on this one. If we put it into the top 10,000, okay. Shopify is really in the lead, um, 21%. And in fact, I can't even see, um, where is it? There we are. WooCommerce is dropping down to something ridiculous, small, 5% or something. Yeah. Wow. Actually, it's best to look these up because actually these figures are changing so rapidly. Yeah. Um, um, that you know we can't rely on it, but I mean I think. The well, no, is- no. I would imagine, depending on the how that data is actually thrown together, I would imagine that there has been a giant shift in the last couple of months towards mm. SaaS platforms. Because let's say, for example, that you know we're recording this during the um, the lockdown, and mm-hmm. and I for one received quite a few inquiries from people who have previously just had a website and they've they've shifted their products from their warehouse to a whole bunch of retailers those retailers are now shot and so they've decided they want to shift their paint mm. or their shoes or whatever it might be in a, you know themselves i don't know that they'll ever go back to using retailers if they're successful anyway the point being that i think e-commerce has really changed in the last couple of months and maybe the, mm. the exact time that we're recording this we've got some slightly distorted figures but you know what if i had a warehouse needing to get rid of all that mm. paint i'm never going to go to a developer and say look please can i join your roster i'll happily wait six months for you to get me my website yeah. up and running or whatever you would go to the place where you could launch tomorrow and that would be yeah. online and SaaS, you know yeah that's a really really good point well i still got to argue for the woocommerce because it's the only route for us to be able to make some money out of it sending yeah. people off to shopify well i guess we can work on shopify there's you still can use your css skills to make those sites look nice and and design a little bit even though it's working through templates but i think woocommerce still should has a fight against shopify so sure you can't beat it on the ease and not having to worry about hosting security and conflicts and updates and all that sort of stuff but you you might slightly get annoyed with the extra transaction fee that you're going to get with shopify which you can control with woocommerce you could decide who's going to process your orders for you and what you're going to pay with Shopify, you are kind of locked into their system, aren't you? And there's a yeah. transaction fee. Yeah, um, um, and that is presumably part of their very profitable business model. You know, they, they cleverly suck a tiny percentage of your profits each time you have a transaction. And you probably don't even notice until the end of the year when your accountant reconciles it all and you suddenly look at the, the number with all those zeros on the end and think, really? Did I really give them that mm. much? I thought it was just <laughs> 29 bucks a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I read something, I think it was in a forum where they were asking people what they liked and disliked about Shopify. And somebody wrote some really, a really good detailed experience having three shops on Shopify. And, and it was somebody who believed that was the best solution, certainly for anybody starting up over anything else. But she did also add in the fact that's true if you don't have a developer at hand who can sort out all the technicalities of the things that obviously Shopify sort out for you. But she had her issues with it was that... There are certain things which get annoying with their marketplace. So by with Shopify, if you want to um, complex shipping tables, it doesn't come part of that. So you mm-hmm. end up paying an extra $20 to be able to have that kind of functionality, something you could do cheaper with WooCommerce. And it's... A, a, it's often the design things that you can't do because the interesting thing about right. Shopify, we should talk about them, shouldn't we? Because they start at twenty nine, then the next thing is what is it? Seventy nine, I think it is. Yeah, seventy nine. So the the base package, which is called Basic Shopify, is twenty nine dollars a month, and you you get yourself an online store, and um, you know there's a few tick boxes in their pricing table. Then you go to uh, Shopify, just regular Shopify as it's called, for a growing business mm-hmm. they describe, and then there's a there is quite a gigantic leap from that point um and you go up to advanced shopify which is a sudden 299 so call it 300 dollars a month and for that you get um, a few a few extras but it's it, at that kind of price point those few extras do seem somewhat expensive i have to say yeah and you reduce down the cost that you're on those transaction fees mm. that yes goes down to yes. half a percent yes but you know but then there's the there's the one that's even higher than that, which is the plus Shopify Plus, which starts at two thousand pounds. 
per month. Well, it is £2,000 per month. And that's your only way of being able to get access to the code to be able to change your cart and checkout process. So you, if you're really somebody who thinks in the future that you might want to do some of the kind of clever upsells that we see now with things like cart flows and some other products out there where you can intercept that checkout process while people are in the mood for buying slots on the kid, you can't do that until you're in that kind of 2000 pound range. I that's how I understand it with Shopify. Mm. So there's a real plus to the flexibility of WooCommerce if you really want to get into that kind of stuff. Yeah, the the you know there's there's no denying that is there, and that is obviously one of the key features of why I love uh, WordPress in general is the the ability to take something even if it's something which is pre-built and looks ready to go and is perfectly figured and done. You can just start to delve and play with it and muck around with it. And of course, you can't do that with Shopify. As you say, if you're willing to spend and you have the technical expertise, then yes, it's possible. But for most people, I think that's going to be somewhat out of reach. And I guess, I guess that's that's kind of it, isn't it? We're we're drawing a line here about the the type of merchant who's going to be using these services. And maybe this debate is going to come down to something like this: if you are brand new to e-commerce and you're just dipping your toes in the water and you want to just get yourself off the ground and establish that your product has a market Mm -hmm. and that you can make some money online but you don't have the cost uh, worked out for a developer you can't afford to pay somebody if something goes wrong you Mm -hmm. just want to be headache free then shopify is good but if you want to be able to tweak modify alter have something utterly custom you'll need a deeper pocket and you can't really do that cheaply, at least, with Shopify. And so at some point, there is a crossover. The balance tips, the seesaw goes in the other direction, and WooCommerce starts to look far more compelling. I don't know where that mm. point is, but it seems to be somewhere between $79 and $2,000 a month. <laughs> yeah, and I, th- I think, you know, what I would try and argue, if I wanted to convince people to think about WooCommerce over Shopify, I think I'd be saying, you know, you, your business, your domain may change you might want to do other things you might want to get your traffic through blogging and that's fine okay shopify's got a blog you can use that but it doesn't have and this is another criticism of of um, shopify is that you can't really control the url structure for your Mm -hmm. seo and other things you can do but you would want if you really wanted to take that seriously you would need another blogging blogging platform but then that becomes the problem of you know with with wordpress WooCommerce is just a plugin to give you that facility. You've got the blogging ability, the ability to set up courses or events or anything else. And you can have the one user log in and their account will remain within that one site. Mm. Trying to do similar kind of thing with your business by using, say, WordPress for your blog and something else for your courses and membership and then have Shopify. You can't get them to talk to each other without inconvenience in your existing customer base. Yes. Yeah. All of this makes sense. I feel this debate's getting away from me somehow. I feel like somehow you're in the ascendancy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to try and drag it back a little bit. Just going back to what we talked about right at the very start where I was talking about the headaches that e-commerce brings. I am interested to know because I know that you have dabbled quite a lot with WooCommerce and things. Have you ever had it bite you? Have you ever had an actual problem where the, you know, the midnight phone call or whatever, or whatever, the the snotty email in the morning, it's down, something's gone wrong, or update, plug-in conflict, nightmare, all broken. Have you ever had any problems like that? Or has your experience with WooCommerce been largely pain-free? It's it's not been too bad there have been some frustrations um with things so it's again it's with this backwards compatibility so i've done some very simple modifications to uh, woocommerce such as and this is the old days i wouldn't need to do this now with the page builders this is why i'm i'm more keen to use it so i wanted to say put the title above the image on the shop page instead of the default way so i change something there's some code there freely available to use i do it there's a minor update not a major update and it's broken mm. and then i go to the go to the pages and the the whole file structure is entirely different so i suddenly i've got a half day loss trying to work out how to get it back to how it was mm. so those it's those kind of little things which have bugged me but i, I actually believe we might be there might be a turn on that because if you think about it shopify 
had a lot of criticism because of its structure, because it was it was designed as something that needed to work within WordPress and wasn't a dedicated solution. So its criticism was how it would add content to the database and how clumsy it did stuff. But I think they've needed to break things. And I think now, perhaps, maybe I'm optimistic, we're at a point where it may be a more stable platform, which doesn't have the same flaws. Okay, that's really interesting, because that's something that I've heard time and time again, is the, the you know, the fear of hanging over the update button of WooCommerce much more than any other thing, mm. um, presumably because of the reasons mm. that I said, because you know that there's more riding on it. You know, if you if your SEO plugin or your I don't know any other plugin doesn't quite work. You can quickly roll back, and it's not really that in- important. You can f- identify the problem and wait for the next update or something. But you know, in a live e-commerce store, clicking update, ha- have orders happened in the meantime? Have you got somehow got things that have been transacted? Have you in- somehow deleted those if you restore from a backup? All of those kind of things. It's nice to hear that that it seems to be more. Um, update friendly there's less scary stuff happening each time if that's the case then that's good yeah i've only got my very limited experience i mean really there's only one shop that's you know constantly doing business that i i'm kind of looking after at the moment but i will tell you over the last couple of major updates i've just updated with (laughs) rather my wife has um and uh and everything has been perfectly fine there's not had an issue at all so i think you know i used to find a lot of really annoying little things with my tweaks have gone wrong but nowadays i don't but then do you know what? I'm cautious with mm. everything I do. Mm. So I'm where before I thought, now yeah, I'll just get in there and I'll add in a snippet here rather than pay for a plugin. I'm more likely to add a plugin now. That's and let somebody else update yeah, it. Yeah, let somebody else yeah. update it. Because, of course, there is the, 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 the unexpected consequences of these updates. So it's all very well you updating things and something, as you described, something minor goes wrong. Like, I don't know, like you said, the image ends up above the title or whatever. But presumably mm. you're not discovering those problems yourselves it's an angry client who's discovering those problems and that that speaks of kind of all sorts of things yeah. doesn't it you know the client gets the impression that well what what are you doing you don't know what you're doing you know yesterday it was all <laughs> fine and today it's up you, you, you know it's different it's wrong what what on earth has happened they're not aware that there's a plugin that's been updated they just know that they have an e-commerce store and things are in the wrong place and so the, the impression of becoming uh, inept or unprofessional or breaking things with their yeah. website that they cherish and they're familiar with, that's far more likely because I very much doubt that those things would happen on platforms like Shopify. You wait, I bet loads of people say, oh, it happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and in all honesty, again, it's really limited knowledge. No, I'm not a big user of WooCommerce, but when it comes down to those kind of things, you know, the things that I used to be fearful with, before WooCommerce with stock control. But in terms of getting those orders through and the the statistics that I have on what's happened and them getting the emails have all been kind of fine, things have worked on it. It, it has actually, the, issue, the only issues I've had have tended to be things which we could find on other sites have been display issues and, and small things like that. The actual functioning, people getting paid at the right time and the communication and the stock control has all always remained correct in my experience with WooCommerce. Well, I, yeah, I guess if it, if it had fundamental problems on with those exact things, it would be dead in the water, wouldn't it? Nobody would ever use it if stock control yeah. and invoices going out simply didn't work. But it is interesting because obviously with things like Shopify everything's under one platform it's developed by a presumably a fairly well-paid and uh, adept team of developers and everything's going to work whereas my impression of WooCommerce stores is and you only have to look around you know WooCommerce Mm. itself has many many extensions uh, you know that you can extend it with plugins I should say and then of course you've got third-party retailers like um, Yith and so Mm. on who also offer these functionalities they all bolt in they're all relying on or updating in a in a timely and um, and non non breaking way, so uh, that mm. would worry me as well. The fact that you know you come up with this complicated store, you've got the budget, you make something complicated, but then it's 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 a jumble of spaghetti and it's hanging together by plugin <laughs> authors who you really don't know what they're doing. So that would that would cause so much anxiety for me. 
I think so. I personally, and this is an argument for WooCommerce as such, but I think if you are getting involved in something like that, I, I think it makes sense not to go that approach where I think, you know, one school of thought, it's not mine, is that, you know, if you're developed, the, the client doesn't need to know about what they're using. Mm. Um, you know, they just want it to work. I wouldn't want to personally take that responsibility. I want to say, yeah, you, you're using this WooCommerce extension here and, you know, and let them know about all the caveats that go with that. Because none of us can guarantee can we a conflict between these two plugins mm. but I, you know what the same thing i believe does and can happen in shopify because you do need to extend in the same way you do with you know because woocommerce does work the basic thing works and gets a shop up and running for free mm. just you need to provide your hosting it's we're only talking about the extensions and the extensions are third-party extensions on Shopify. So perhaps the same issues will exist there. Shopify doesn't control the code for those third parties. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. What about things like um, compliance and regulations within particular countries? Now, my, again, uh, I'm sort of guessing that a SaaS platform like Shopify have that all in hand. You know, they've got the law for each jurisdiction and they make sure that if you're trading out of a certain country that their platform um, has the data held in the right places and all that kind of stuff. What about things like PCI compliance and what have you? You know, if you're throwing together a bunch of disparate random plugins, some of which... Um, you know, you, you may not even know anything about the company that sold it to you. How do you yeah. how do you manage stuff like that? How do you make sure that you are compliant, that your hosting meets the right requirements and that your code is all completely legit and that it's not scraping credit card details, which, of course, we now know <laughs> yeah. has happened in the recent past? Yeah, and that's the st and this is where I end up falling on your side with this stuff. I mean, I... It I'm quite happy the fact that there's only one gateway provider really that I would use, which is Stripe because mm. it takes care of all that stuff with its JavaScript. Mm. And of course you'd have to be absolutely cautious with the kind of plugins that you put into the install. So I think WooCommerce is restricted in that area. I wouldn't touch it unless it was, you know, I, I don't think I would want to, uh, to be taking on that responsibility of adding in other payment gateways um, through other software that wasn't official software. Do you know if WooCommerce offers that kind of compliance? Um, so let's say, for example, that you just use WooCommerce and you integrate it with Stripe. Are you are you done? Is that fine? Are you compliant in just about every jurisdiction? Are you good to go to sell things with a you know with a WordPress website with WooCommerce using Stripe or well, PayPal's a different case, but are you okay with that? Does that meet all of the requirements? I, I uh, well, I don't. Uh, I don't really know, but mm. I believe that's the case. All you need is to, you know, you just need a Let's Encrypt uh, certificate, mm -hmm. and as long as you're using Stripe, they take care of that through JavaScript, and you are uh, PCI compliant. Then that's my understanding. Yeah, it's interesting though, isn't it? But because both of us obviously work with WordPress quite a lot, and both of us don't know the answer to that question, um, and it's <laughs> yeah. the kind of question that presumably somebody knocking on your door. Uh, wearing uh, a suitable uniform might not might not say is a suitable answer you know well it, you built the website uh, there's been fraud um you don't appear to know whether it's compliant or not come on governor accompany us down <laughs> to the station we've got some questions for you again it's these kind of things it, you would assume right the assumption would be that that's all taken care of but the fact that neither of us know is slightly chilling isn't it well, I think, you know, I mean, we would be in trouble if we, if somebody, I mean, what's, what are they going to be able to get out of our install of WordPress? They would be able to get the passwords and the usernames of our clients. Mm. It would be up to Stripe to ensure that the credit card details that they typed in, uh, that becomes their responsibility. So, you know, using Stripe, we are protected in that way. Mm. It wouldn't be our problem. It would only be our problem if we let our sites get hacked and they got hold of their usernames and passwords. But that would apply pretty much to, you know, many uh, sites that we set up. Yeah, help. yeah. And, you know, if you're blogging as well, you could have that that kind of information lost as well. Yeah, at I, least. I think it was somewhat yeah. of a spurious argument, but interesting because <laughs> there were a little spate of... Um, of plugin problems lately reported on sites like uh, WordFence and so on. One of which was, and I don't really, un I didn't really investigate the details of this, but one of which was scraping the the credit card mm. details before the payment was processed and sending it off to a third party server somewhere. And so the 
the the problem there was that there appeared to be nothing wrong you know the transaction went on as as normal in the normal way but the code was written in such a way that it it before it sent it off to wherever i don't know i doubt that it was stripe it was probably some other place but um it got it got scraped and sent to a, to somebody else and then obviously 6 months later a year later whatever that then gets used and boy mm. imagine if you're the owner of that shop you don't really have too many answers for law enforcement at that point, do you? Other than, yep, it did do that. My site could did so- that. Yeah, and could, I mean, we don't know this. This, no. this is one to speculate. But you know, would there be any more protections from plugins that you got from the repository from WordPress that you installed yeah. into that than you would over Shopify? You know. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, and it's these sort of questions and the lack of clarity, and the, and also the you know the the sort of fear of being told off by um, <clears throat> the the jurisdiction. Uh, you know, the police or whatever in your particular jurisdiction is is intriguing. Yeah, again, though, pretty spurious argument. I am more than more than satisfied that if you use um, plugins that come from reputable authors, that you're completely covered on this. So I, I'm not really going to dwell yeah. on that for too long. <laughs> no, there's a, I think there's a lot of nuances here, and I've never got straight on this one because I've I've read stuff on the Shopify side where they're saying, you know, you're not covering properly, or at least it costs you extra money to cover sort of taxation or the the handling of taxation for the UK on other places. But then I've I've heard equal kinds of arguments as well against um, WooCommerce not having a plugin that does that. Uh, so I think when you you know somebody would really need to do their research, I think, on which to pick on this you know if they've got particular requirements legal requirements hmm. do you think there's do you think there's one um area that where one wins out over the other so for example um i know that you mentioned before this call began that you could get like a point of sale terminal off shopify that is to say you can have a physical uh, actual yeah. actual thing which you hold in your hands which you know you can type it it basically it's like a it's like a till a cash register but for your yeah. online store so that you can actually have the online store married up with the with the the real world store that seems like quite an attractive proposition and uh, apparently that's a, a service that mm. shopify offer yeah, it's part of their lowest deal. You can get this point of sale mm. system that's there for their site and, you know, barcodes. Now, the person who I thought gave me the most interesting account of Shopify was very critical of that. They said that their barcode system was very slow working. So the free thing that you get with them isn't really up to standard. But, you know, it really beats WooCommerce there because in order to get something very similar, you would need to go to the, there is a point of sale, um, offering from the official WooCommerce and there is one from Yith as well mm. which kind of gives you a new display of your shop one where you can just kind of type in people's card details out online or something or do it there and you can mar you can sorry you can pair that up mm-hmm. with um, barcode system of your own so I don't know on that one so maybe Shopify at least on paper it sounds great because it's just there it's just part of the deal as soon as you sign up you've got this point of sale system well it's quite compelling if yeah it's quite compelling if you own a an actual shop isn't it and you are simply yeah. going online in order to expand your reach you know you've got the product sitting on your shelves you just want a wider audience um, that is quite compelling and I, I have to say that increasingly when I go into small independent little stores although it may not in any way be connected with Shopify I'm seeing more and more of those like funky new little terminals where there's like something like akin to a tablet an iPad or equivalent um, attached and then there's some sort of little separate cash drawer and clearly it's connected to the internet in some way and you know you can swipe your card on the little detachable bit and so on and Mm. you know those those giant companies that ran uh, cash register networks they seem to be losing out to presumably companies like big commerce and shopify who are able to offer these much more affordable um stick it in a box you can receive it within 24 hours and get your get your cash register going through us yeah it's yeah. quite a compelling quite a compelling offer and maybe it's a loss leader for them but it gets people through the door yeah, uh, and it, you know, uh, what's going to be interesting about this, this debate is going to be uh, different, uh, you know, I'm sure months down the line. I mean, we, the interesting thing is the pairing up with WooCommerce with GoDaddy, isn't it, at the moment? Will mm. that increase the amount of users of WooCommerce and will that, 
you know, carry on stimulating the kind of offerings we've got to WooCommerce. You know, that's the big fear here. I mean, if if Shopify keeps increasing at the rate it is, it could push out WooCommerce and then hence the sort of development or all the extra add-ons for WooCommerce will slow down. Yeah. I'm hoping that's not the case. Yeah. Interesting <clears throat> that because the time that we're recording it, GoDaddy have joined up with WooCommerce. Whether or not this mm. deal will still be around in, in times mm. to come, I don't know. And also it seems to be being A-B tested on us because I, I could get the banner one minute and then it was gone the mm. next minute. But WooCommerce have joined forces with GoDaddy offering three months for three dollars of hosting plus about about eight hundred pounds worth of mm. um of extensions to WooCommerce. There are thirty-four included at the time of recording this podcast. But although I'm gonna ask you to come on my side for a moment here, David, you weren't yeah. that you weren't that taken by the um by the sort of depth of the the thirty four extensions on offer, you, you you weren't convinced that they would be something that you would be making a a good store out of. No, I think because the the big items there, things like subscriptions and bookings, you may not want those, and maybe the the plugin that you want is um, conditional shipping and payment options or something, which won't be there. So, you know, even though you've got this big price tag of all this stuff you could use, I, I just don't think you would ever get to one single shop would ever use anything close to half of what's been offered. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it sounds like a great deal. And I, and I think the hosting is a great deal. And I think the partnership would be a good one. My, my first reaction to this was, oh, no, because I want to be able to sell WooCommerce to people and have them come on my hosting and care. I can't compete with this. But looking at it again, thinking just on practical level, it's it's just looks great, but it probably isn't going to help. Right. There's, many there's not the suite of there's not the exact array of extensions that you want. No. Okay. No. So, yeah. Sp speaking of, you know, extensions and pricing and all of that kind of stuff. It, interesting, because I know that one of the things that has put people off WooCommerce in the past is the fact that they feel that they've been bitten by yeah. uh, what what can only be described as well backtracking on promises is that too strong of mm. pricing that was offered that was then kind of reneged on or modified in such a, you know, i'm sure in terms of the terms and conditions it was probably completely legit but a lot of people were up in mm. arms and so that kind of speaks as well now whilst we don't have any cast iron guarantees it feels like shopify it would be suicide to try and put their prices up uh, significantly mm. in a very short space of time madness if they did that who knows they might but you you do feel that over time woocommerce have done that they've taken away things that they offered and they've bought mm. you know bulk pricing and things have gone um, lifetime deals have sort of gone by the wayside and so that's kind of a bit of a concern as well if you're developing on this stuff suddenly a shop that you were able to offer profitably might suddenly become unprofitable when you've got to renew your licenses yeah, yeah, I felt that was unfair, and that really put me off WooCommerce um, for some time. I mean, the only thing I—I mean, I'll recount the the things that have changed. Mm. So the first one was when it was Woo Themes that owned it, rather than Automatic as they do now. The first one, the big controversy back in 2013, was uh, that they took away sort of overnight the lifetime deals on the extension and turned them into subscriptions. They turned that around again and allowed people to keep them as lifetime deals. But it set off the whole GPL club things with um, WP Avenger, um, uh, first GPL club there, offering those extensions. So they started that off. That was, But now, since Automatic, we've had two changes, which was the dropping of the 50% renewal discount. That was a huge impact on people and unexpected from Automatic. And then just recently, the bulk buying reduction in costs for developers of a particular extension has now gone so these are these three increases unexpected ones so i i completely get that but can i make the argument for why it might be kind of reasonable against say shopify mm. so um, I think they're bringing themselves more in line with Shopify, but largely Shopify could be a lot more expensive. So if say subscriptions, you know, you're going to get that for $99 through the official channel, if you want the official WooCommerce subscription uh, from their marketplace, but it's going to cost you 
there's a certain element of free up to a certain number of purchases. And then I think the options there are $39 per month. So, and I think it's similar with kind of bookings plugins as well. So you could say that as it stands at the moment, there's still in terms of cost, it probably is the case that um, the official WooCommerce ones are cheaper than the official Shopify ones or mm. the well-known Shopify ones just about. Yeah. Do you feel then yeah, that they're a- just trying to keep in, to- in in line with the pricing that would, you know, let's say, for example, you've got a, a store which is costing you $80 a month on Shopify. They're just trying to keep in touch with those prices. In other words, whatever Shopify charge, that's how WooCommerce feel they can charge. They're not, they're trying to create some sort of parity, maybe slightly cheaper, but, you know, as opposed to just going for whatever would be the norm in WordPress, they're just trying to figure out what the norm is in e-commerce. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, personally, I think it's a bit of a money grab and I mm. think it was a mistake. I think they, one of the things that leads people to um, WordPress and WooCommerce was the fact that it, it's essentially free and you can get it cheap. And I personally, I think it's a mistake. But when you're kind of trying to be a bit more balanced, it's still it still is a good argument for WooCommerce, even with these price increases. Mm. Mm. You know, the the cost is not as much as Shopify. So I think that all this to play for at the moment, I think it's really interesting. There's a bit of, I think there's a big fight on between these two. Yeah, and really interesting. They've taken on some big names like GoDaddy to help them with the, um, Mm. you know, the marketing of that. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some television commercials or certainly a big spend on online advertising, you know, Facebook and so on with, with the kind of money that GoDaddy can bring to bear. It's quite an interesting offer just to mm. just to get out in front of things like Shopify because I confess I don't think I've seen television adverts for Shopify, but I've certainly seen a phalanx of online adver- adverts for things like that. And obviously, mm. you know, if the market share is dropping for WooCommerce in the way that you've described, then mm. that's something that they need to be really mindful of. The last thing that they want is to, you know, to have a product which is, completely unsustainable and development stops and then whatever you want to do you're forced to go uh, with some with some sort of SaaS solution hmm as always mm. we've got nowhere we've reconciled <laughs> nothing and we're no wiser than we were 40 minutes ago <laughs> it'd be interesting to revisit this sometime because yeah. at the moment i'm saying there's a route for people like us to be able to make some money out of Shopify and help clients along the way at the moment. Mm. But I wonder if that position will still be the same in a well, year's time because I've, sw- I've swapped sides a few times. Do you know what? There is, there's so much stuff that I'm now putting into SaaS buckets. You know, mm. it just it's quite normal things that I once thought were absolutely, <clears throat> excuse me, sacrosanct, like music, which mm. I bought on CDs and vinyl back in the day. I've now deferred all of that over to, you know, Spotify or something equivalent. I just, I think maybe the, the shift is changing a little bit, and um, and for all the reasons that we've outlined, or at least I've outlined, I, th- I think we'll mm. see Shopify and other such things growing, especially mm. in the current times where it's important to get yourself up and running immediately and for very little upfront cost. Mm, there is one thing I should say, just for clarity, mm. that you know, if you look at uh, the growth in in WooCommerce, it's definitely still there. It's just it's not that it's it's maybe losing out in market share, but both are growing. Oh well, that's good to know. Yeah, that is mm. good to know. And on that point, should we um, knock it on the head? Yeah, indeed. That was good. Thanks, David. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. It's always fun chatting to David about these things. We always take an adversarial approach, although it does, I have to say, remain rather polite and uh, convivial throughout the whole thing, which is <laughs> very nice indeed. Anyway, you never know. Maybe there was something in there of value for you. Are you firmly in the I'm never touching e-commerce? Are you firmly in the I'm always using e-commerce? Perhaps a little bit of both. Maybe you've dabbled in some SaaS platform. Anyway, please reach out in the comments over on the wpbuilds.com website or perhaps you could go over to our Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, and let us know what you think over there. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by AB Split Test. Want to sell your AB Split Tests in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, really anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder, and the WordPress block editor. 
Go check it out at absplittest.com. Okay, WP Builds does a lot each and every week. Maybe we'll see you back here next Thursday for a podcast episode, or failing that, perhaps Monday, when we will release the weekly WordPress news and also have our live session at wpbuilds.com forward slash live. Either way, stay safe. I hope you have a nice week. And I'm going to fade in some cheesy music and say bye-bye for now.